So welcome back. It's that time to start the show. Let's get on with episode six. Okay. Hello and welcome to the Big Scoop podcast. My name's Ian. And I'm Gemma. And I'm Worthy. As uh, as you probably all guessed, that we are all recording remotely using the the power of Skype, and uh, so apologies to anyone uh, for the quality. If the quality is a little bit wishy washy and maybe fade out at times. So wh- whereabouts are you? You're in Bungie. Yeah. The, I'm uh, in the... Pakefield. And I'm in sunny Norwich. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> we're national regional <laughs> yeah and um what a beautiful day it is as well isn't it? shame we can't all go out and do stuff but it's, it's where we are isn't it at the time so thank you very much for downloading this episode episode number six thanks for coming back we really appreciate the support from our listeners and patrons and guests uh, so and all the buddies and everyone who basically just tunes into the big scuba podcast so uh thank you very much and for giving us your time and your support as you probably can tell um we are recording remotely as everybody like everybody else we are in the lockdown situation i was watching the, the um football program last night on bbc and they were recording remotely and quite a few of the regular tv shows now they're all recording remotely and it's a bit adds a whole different dimension to any show and, and as it is with the podcast so um hopefully you can all hear us correctly and and the the quality is okay so in the last episode episode five we introduced our friend to the podcast which is who's worthy and just went through how work he got into diving and how how at first I got to meet her and also you know how she progressed on with her diving career to become um, an instructor as you know a paddy instructor and how well she's done so I even volunteered to be her dive master next time she's training in the UK which would be really good yeah and she's a great instructor as well so yeah thank you first hand experience <laughs> <laughs> and it would be a pleasure to work with you as well Ian maybe we yeah. can finish well, off we're all back that'd be good wouldn't it yeah as soon as we're all back that'd be really great so uh so that's last episode coming up in this episode okay we've got some news items as usual we've got Gemma with some news on the paddy diary were you going to tell us some details about how full face snorkel masks are being used to help with the coronavirus i've got some listener letters we've had some some interaction so thank you very much for everybody who's wrote in i love getting the questions so yeah, i think that's brilliant you know so yeah, they've come really from do. twitter emails as well so yeah social yeah. media is working yeah that is and that is brilliant so thank you very much for you know everybody who's wrote in we've got some good good questions to run through and some letters so uh thank you very much so let's crack on so let's get on with the news Okay, Gemma, news. Tell us what's, what's, what's happening with Paddy in this. Well, obviously, we're all locked down for the foreseeable future. So Paddy have put together a calendar. So all the divers around the world are indoors due to the COVID 
COVID-19 pandemic. So they have a calendar, scuba-related activities all on it, that we can do at home each day during the month of April. And it's to keep us connected to, you know, the oceans, the lakes and the rivers. So it's educational webinars for from fun quizzes to daily tasks that will help divers and non-divers still connected to the, the diving community and keep their diving dreams alive. So for non-divers as well? Yep, yep, definitely. Can I do these with like my family or are these just for me to do on my own? No, you can get other people involved. So for example, it's we're recording on Sunday the 12th, but on April the 13th, it's got show your love for the ocean and find out which marine animal you are by posting a selfie using the Paddy Instagram filter. You'll find it on their website and just say you might be a dolphin or... Nudie banks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so we thought we'll all give that a go and then we can post it on our social media. So we've got to do that. Um, and then April the 14th going to be a fitness workout designed for scuba divers so you've got to wear your exercise clothes and be prepared to get sweaty so ian i thought you could get your shorts and your leg warmers on ready for that um leg warmers are you sure (laughs) well it's that 80s look isn't it Uh, i think it's going to be a wetsuit and fins for me (laughs) (laughs) and what else the 16th they've got a 25 percent code so you can get a discount on some diving gear even better april the 17th they've got ocean movies being streamed on disney plus netflix amazon prime so that non-divers maybe can watch these and get inspired excellent really nice just need to go to the paddy website have a look at the calendar and then there's links for each different day what what is the paddy website have you got the details paddy.com it's very simple to find yeah so that should keep people entertained so give you something maybe just to put on your list every day just to and for our followers on facebook live that there's something tomorrow you said yep yeah there's something every day excellent and and Gemma says there's a quiz ian so i think uh we can quiz her and get her ready for her own for water (laughs) (laughs) brilliant all right okay that sounds like plan Put, put me on the spot yes oh definitely <laughs> you'll be fighting fit for your open water oh josh says afternoon by the way he's watching oh hello josh hello hi josh and trudy yeah. hello oh hello trudy trudy is as well and then just saying obviously this is paddy.com but there are lots of other agencies ssi are doing a similar thing as well so they're all yeah. putting um online training courses some of them free some of them you've got to pay at least all the diving agencies yeah, i thought i made a mistake because actually i thought courses were free and they're not some of them you you do have to pay for so i think all well, yeah i think, I think things like the res- rescue courses you can be doing your theory now so you yeah. obviously pay up to do that and then jump in the water when we can yeah well that'd be good wouldn't it? and plus also you've got people like les mills quite a few there are uh, friends who are instructors fitness instructors yeah. online courses and stuff like that so there's quite a bit out there already you know which you can do to keep fit and stuff like that and fitness is really important for divers so it's, it's amazing how the world's changed from it is actually isn't it? it's like a whole, it's a whole different add and a whole different dimension to how we're doing things and it's gonna be interesting that when this is all over is how we then revert back do we revert back to how things were it's an open question and or do we change things do we move on from how things were and do things which is a bit more climate and environment friendly it could be interesting interesting times so mm. it's positive that's the main thing really yeah so that's my news brilliant excellent good news there excellent thank you
Okay, so um, did you know that Decathlon, the French sports retailer, are donating their full face snorkel masks to help with the respirators for um, the COVID-19 pandemic? No. Okay. Um, yeah, so it started in Italy, which is obviously the worst um, affected area by COVID-19. And what they're doing is where the snorkel attachment is on the top of the full face mask. Okay. Um this is going to be connected by a breathing machine, all right? Mm. Now, the technical word for it is a B-I-P-A-P machine. That's a... Well <laughs> oh, it was crazy, like, trying to remember it. That's a bi-level positive airway pressure breathing machine, okay? And it just helps um, feed in the air, um, the pressurised air into the mask, all right, to help them breathe. This will be mm. for, obviously, the worst affected people. Um, who are struggling to breathe and um, the full face mask will contain more air for them to breathe in it's good that somebody's seen that though isn't it it is yeah and obviously they're donating them all um decathlon is, is quite a huge um international store um so it, they're donating as many as they possibly can to then be um trialed it's obviously not been released officially as much as social media some places are saying yes it's official it's not been confirmed yet so i'm not telling you it is actually official it is being trialed um and it's undergoing anything um, trials yeah yeah it's all they're also taking 3d prints from them as well um yeah so they're working with a lot of 3d printers to try and um, produce more as well because they're limited on their stocks so yeah it's quite, yeah. A, quite an interesting interesting topic i thought positive things can come out of something that's really quite bad yeah, yeah. And, and especially you know those people affected with covid19 can also still go snorkeling with their full face mask it might it's okay. inspire <laughs> might do who would have thought it hey still yeah. go snorkeling with covid19 no but on a serious note it is incredible excellent thanks for the news items there brilliant uh that's really good to hear so moving on with the show, let's get on with our uh, listener letters and questions that we've had come in. Uh, thank you very much for sending them in. Um, it's really good to have the interaction from you all and um, give us something to feedback. And also at this point, if I can just say to you, just remember to, to like, share, subscribe. We're on YouTube. Go on there as well. You can uh, download the videos and uh, there'll be more coming out as well so uh and also to comment um it's really important to comment on social media because that helps with the algorithms to spread the word so please all remember to um, if you can to like and share and spread the word thanks for tuning in today to listen to us and downloading us it's very much appreciated we would like to clarify that we are in no way affiliated with any agency or organisation, and that also means all opinions expressed in this episode are our own. You are more than welcome to make comments about the show, or if you have any suggestions on topics for future episodes, or would like to be a guest, then do send us a message via our social media platforms or email. If you would like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at the Big Scuba and on Twitter at the underscore big underscore scuba. Check out our Facebook shop where we now have bespoke big scuba podcast hoodies for sale. And thank you to all those that have placed orders so far. Our email address is thebigscubapodcast at gmail.com and we will respond promptly. 
If you would like to support us via Patreon, go to our patreon.com forward slash the Big Scuba Podcast. Here you can make a monthly subscription, there are various tiers, and you will benefit from behind-the-scenes outtakes, some dioramas, early releases of episodes, other Big Scuba merchandise, and more and more. Any contributions are really appreciated by us, so biggest thank you, and we look forward to hearing from you all via our social media very soon. Our music is kindly supplied by a local band called Telling Truths, and you can listen to them more via iTunes and Spotify. We also have behind-the-scenes support from Josh, who looks after our website and our YouTube channel. Josh is a keen photographer, and you can also see his work on social media. Predominantly, Josh is focused on building his photography business, JH Photography, and also deals with web design and graphic design. So, uh, we've had a question in from Dean Travis. Thank you very much. Uh, Dean's um, been on holiday by the sound of things, been uh, diving. Hello to you. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, you've asked us under the whole dive ma- article dive master uh, section. I'm returning home from I'm returning home to California from New York at the end of this month. Any tips on flying gear? Uh, what where to put my gear? So my BCD regulator set, soft gear. Um, presume you mean you like your snort gun all that sort of stuff i have a separate case for my regulator should that be as with my carry-on usually what i try and do is i'll carry my regulators and stuff like that and i'll put that in my hand luggage and my bcd fins mask um i will put in my luggage and and i'll make sure that's all all well protected and covered um we've all got different sort of ideas and stuff but that's what i would try and do and as long as you've got all clothes and stuff like that around your your torch and those sort of bits and pieces you know things that you're sort of kind of worried about getting damaged especially your camera equipment anything like that you know just pack it all in with your case and stuff and mo- you know most of us all put all that in with your luggage i was gonna say what do you what do you do Wertie, when you travel uh me personally i make sure Everything is dry thoroughly. I give it um, a good sort of day and a half to dry. Um, Obviously, keep it out of the sun as much as possible. And then, yeah, I agree. I'd put my regulators in my hand luggage, luggage that goes underneath the plane. If you put your regulators um, in the hold of the plane, okay, and it's got any, like, water or anything and they get cold, okay, it's going to cause damp in your regulators, okay. It could freeze in there. Good point. Um, Mm. As they get cold, uh, it's not going to be good for your regulator and things like that. Also, I tend to leave just a um, tiny little bit of air in my um, BCD so yeah. that that way, just like um, half a puff, just so that that way any water is free to move around not in a full my BCD. Puff. No, not a full puff, just um, like enough. Just so that <laughs> you guys are terrible. <laughs> Um, just so that, that way um, there's enough room for that way nothing damages my BCD also pack um, clothes around it first and then yeah. anything else I want knives yeah. I obviously pack into socks first and then put them in the shoe of my BC uh, in the shoe of my fin brilliant be helpful for um, Dean Travis so thank you very much for writing in with that that's good thank you very much so we also had a message from John Everson hello John uh, thanks for your letter John said that now's a good time while we're all locked in to look online for these online courses, which ties in with our Paddy issues um, that you had, Gemma. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's going on there? And a good time to do your nitrox course online as well. 
And so thanks for that, John. We've had a letter from Mozambique. I shouldn't say letter. I mean a email. And an email, <laughs> email from Francesca in Mozambique at lovetheoceans.org. Um, hello to you guys. Thanks for the letter. Uh, email. Sorry. Uh, uh, just saying hello and also that maybe as a possible guest, which would be yeah. really good. So um, that'd be something that we can maybe contact you um, about and uh, see if we can set that up. That'd be really good. Get you on the show. Excellent. And finally, we had a tweet from Alex in America, um, who just said that he's been listening to the shows. He's at school. He listened to these as he goes to school. This must be obviously before the school's finished. He lives in Georgia, pretty close to Florida, and been telling his friends and family to listen. So big thumbs up. Thank you very much. And hello to you, Alex. Thank you very much for writing in and glad that's inspired you to get in the water when uh, we all can. And so uh, and hopefully, you know, you enjoy learning how to dive. First place to go, get to speak to your nearest dive centre um, where you live and uh, get yourself signed up. So uh, when the, when we're all back to normal. So thanks for taking the time and the effort to write in. And, you know, for anyone else, you know, please do. And we'll do our best to read them out on the show and say hello so thank you very much yeah big out big shout out to everyone who wrote into us well done yeah thank you yeah and please continue to do so because it's great hearing from you and test us with any questions it is and any also, comments it's nice to know that you know when we are right and we you know when we do this that, and it is amazing that you know we've got people in america and further afield that you know they're tuning in so hello to you all so thank you very much and hope you know you're staying safe okay so with no further ado we are really excited and i have to say you know it's brilliant that we, we've got um, our first uh, diving star of the world should we say <laughs> say uh, done many dives and deep stuff tv celebrity yeah tv celebrity and jumps out of planes and all sorts so uh, with no further ado let's welcome andy to the show Welcome, Andy Talbot. Hello, Andy. You're right. Hello, hi. Yeah, it's all good. You having a good day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all sticking along. You know, it's, uh, it's beautiful weather outside. Can't really do much, but um. Thank you for agreeing to this. It's, uh, it's, right. it's different circumstances. This is the fourth podcast I've done in the last week. Suddenly, people want to do podcasts, so um, <laughs> we're trying to catch up with things. But um, yeah, it's a shame we couldn't meet in person. So when you guys offered, I mentioned you come in, we'd, we, you would meet up. I always prefer to do that because it's it's so much nicer and more yeah. natural than just. I mean, it's, it's good. It's just better all round. It, it is what it is. And this is the circumstance we've got. So, Wikipedia says, Andy Torbett is a British underwater explorer, skydiver, adventurer and TV presenter. Most notably, the BBC's The One Show, The Coast, Operation Iceberg and The People Remember. Out of date, but all true. Yeah. Cool. Your first book, Extreme Adventures, was published in 2015. Uh, yes, I mean, probably more accurate to say my only book so far, because I've got about two or three in the offing, but none of them have actually come out yet, so it's all fine. Now's a good time to get them out. Yeah, yeah. A bit late, really. <laughs> <laughs> 
get that biography out there. There you go. I don't know if I could turn it around in time. Born in Irvine, North Ayrshire in Scotland on the 11th of June. That's... Brought up near the town of Turriff in Aberdeenshire. That's, that is true. That is yeah. true. Yeah. Your father was a forester and you, you attended the University of Sheffield where you studied zoology and you passed that by the time you was 20. Yeah, I did my last exam when I was still 19. I was like, I like, I think about a week before my 20th birthday. I, um, I think, yeah, well, you know. I think I'd things to do. <laughs> Places to go. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, spent 10 years in the British Armed Forces as a paratrooper, diver and bomb disposal officer, yeah. including serving with 16 Air Assault Brigade. Are the paratroopers? Is that right? Yeah, amongst others. But yeah, that was one of them. Yeah. The British Army's underwater bomb disposal team and the Marine counter-terrorist group. That's correct. Was, was involved in military operations in Iraq, Afghanistan, Bosnia, Kosovo, Northern Ireland and the Falkland Islands. Yes, although the Falklands was '97, it was it was a tour, but um, you know, an operational tour. But I'm not I'm not sure it really counts, you know, the rest of them because it wasn't, you know. In fact, it was probably the hardest tour I did in the forces because it was so incredibly dull. But there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen? There's a guy on um, YouTube where he they interviewed this guy in 1950, and he's in one of the London docks, and he is underwater. he was just come he just surfaced from being underwater where he's got a uh, make safe a 500 pound world war ii bomb who's seen that guy on and he talks how have you how are you managing to do that can you see anything you say oh no it's all by touch can't see can't see a thing no but we used to do, we used to do similar things so um i mean i was in the bomb disposal regiment and one of our one of our responsibilities when we're uk based is to deal with world war ii uh, munitions of which there's still a huge amount <coughs> of unexploded air dropped german bombs sort of 500 and 1,000 pounders. And every time they do a, a major kind of reconstruction of an area in a big city, like, you know, Canary Wharf in London or Manchester, Liverpool, Bristol, even Cheltenham, places like that, that were hit during World War Two, you know, for a fact, you can be busy, you know. Yeah. And Canary Wharf, it was just, were flat out. And sometimes they are in sewers, in rivers, in lakes, um, you know, in, in, in areas that below the water table. So even though it's kind of on dry land, you're digging down these bombs and the water table's filling up, so you've actually got, got to dive it. And you're doing it all by by touch because um, it's just zero visibility. It's actually liquid mud. So it's not bad training for British cave diving, really, diving in no oh. visibility in liquid mud. Yeah. Gemma, over to you. Okay, so following on from that, um, your life and career to date. TV presenter and filmmaker, you've presented on 20 TV series um, over BBC One, Two, CBBC, Discovery US and the History Channel. And you're a regular on the One Show? Yeah, yeah, I think it might be slightly just over 20 thereabouts, yeah. Um, and you've produced and directed documentary films for TV, corporate clients, film festivals. And yep. you've been involved in short fiction films as an actor or stuntman. That is that is true. Yes, I don't know how how much I'd call myself an actor. It was more of a, a stunt job that happened to be you know on screen. Um, but yeah, that's that's true. Yep. <laughs> and we obviously initially saw you at the Go Dive show um, back in February, um, and we did see yeah one of your speeches about your skydiving adventures. So oh yeah. Yeah. Voice of Action Man for the 50th anniversary. Yes, that, on the one show, yeah, the one show made a film about Action Man for the 50th anniversary, and um, they called me up and said, "Oh, we're, we're, we're doing this film, um, and it's stop animation, so it's Action Man going out into the real world and discovering his own history." And uh, we 
And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'd, I'd love to present that. And, oh, no, we've already shot it. I was like, oh, all right. So why are you calling me? Well, we'd like you to be the voice of Action Man. And later, I was like, I'm the, but they said, oh, but we've got to record the next two days. Are you free? I was like, yes. Do we need to? No, I'll, I'll just drop. I'll, I'll be there. Where do you want me? So um, luckily, it was going over in Cardiff and I, and I went across to Cardiff for the day. And uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was very cool. Cause, well, Did you have the cord that go round from the back of your head that for somebody to pull it? Uh, no, I didn't, but I had, I had a little bit in the back of your head that was <laughs> just eagle eye, like That's that. what Action Man did, yeah. didn't he? He had the cord that you had to pull. <laughs> there, was, there was one that you'd pull. Most of them didn't have the, the pull cord. They all had the, the eagle eyes, but there was one you could buy that had a pull cord. I never had that one, unfortunately. I had, I had the other ones. I had the standard versions. If you had a pull cord when you were a Porsche... Go on then, give us a little uh, action man voice. Oh no, this is it. This is my action man voice. I just did it with this. Because lot of people wrote in and said, action man's not Scottish, to which I replied, um, mine was. So, you know. Yeah. No, lately yeah, I did, I did, this is this is my, ac- I went to, the, I got the Sean Connery school of accents. So you watch all the Sean Connery films, he's played Spaniards, Egyptians, uh, 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 guys from Arabia, um, Irishman. You know he is. He's, he's got the same accent in all of them. So this yeah. is this is my Spanish accent, my Egyptian accent. This is my accent. <laughs> accent. Action, action. Yeah. Yeah. Done a, quite a bit with CBBC in Beyond Bionic. Yes. You're the show presenter, is that right? And yeah. The idea- yeah. It was, it was initially my idea. This idea about trying to you know teach kids a bit more about science and technology and engineering and maths using wildlife um, and if you see a kid you know i'm going to teach about the coefficient of drag and how gravity works and all that sort of physics that it's like mm, that sounds really quite boring okay i'll do it by jumping out of a plane head first to try and race a peregrine falcon you know in in you know in the air yeah. uh then like all oh, right okay that sounds like a slapstick comedy stunt. Let's 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 watch. So it was it was kind of like that. It was just it was a huge series for CBC. It was I think probably the most expensive series they've made um, because we were like four or five big stunts all around the world each episode. But um, yeah, I was like set on fire and I jumped out of planes with prototype jetpacks strapped to my legs. We free dived with makos. We used the the one atmosphere diving suits like the big exosuit type things. Yeah. Where, yeah, yeah we, like Mr. Michelin ones, aren't they? The sort of the yeah, big, yeah. you know, the hinges and stuff. Yeah, it's basically a wearable submarine is what it is. It's, it looks like an armoured spacesuit, but it's a wearable submarine. What's great about them is that, from a tech diver point of view, is that their operational depth is 600 metres. That's how deep you can go. But because you're held at one atmosphere the whole time, there is zero decompression. You can do 12 hours at 600 metres and then be like, I'm going to go to the surface now. I mean, literally, two minutes later, you're on the surface drinking tea. And I hate deco. It just does me nothing. So, um, so, so. Has anyone been down there that far with it? Yeah. 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 I think the US, the Canadian uh, military have used them. They've got two versions. a military spec one with 600 metres and a civilian version one. I think it's only 300 metres. But, um, yeah, people have used them to that sort of depth. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. You're not really diving. You're a pilot. It's just the, the submersible you are piloting happens to be man-shaped, you know. So it's it's having having used it, it's you know you are using your feet and hands to pilot a vehicle that looks like a Buzz Lightyear outfit. So if you're down say 500 meters, say, and you're mm. in that suit, what if you tripped and f- fell over? Well, it's, you, you, I mean, for, it's, it's pretty easy to stay stable because you've got thrusters. You've got like three-dimensional thrusters. Um, on your back and that move around so again okay you, you don't really walk around you kind of just 
uh, it's basically like having a spacesuit with a jetpack. Um, and then if you landed on the moon, rather than walking around on the surface, you just kind of stayed a few inches off the surface of the moon and, and sort of floated around, you know, jetpacked yourself around, just hovered above. But so it's more you're flying rather than walking, uh, to be honest, because, you know, you can you can hover in midwater. It's completely neutrally buoyant, perfectly neutrally buoyant the whole time. So, um, yeah, you, it's it's it just takes a little bit of getting used to piloting. You do most of the stuff with your feet. Um, mm. But uh, once you get the hang of it, it's pretty cool. Cool. I presume there's some kind of umbilical cord go to it or something. There is, yeah, but you don't need to use it. It can go umbilical free, uh, and it works with um with a rebreather. So you know your rebreather will last like 40 hours in an emergency, um because it's got a huge scrubber, it's a massive scrubber. And with rebreathers, that's the you know it's not about how much oxygen or diluent gas you take down there it's usually the scrubber life tends to be the the deciding factor so right. okay and then obviously you're a skydiver and wing wing suited um you've covered that um so you've been involved in some high altitude high opening jumps yeah um 28,000 feet yes pretty high yeah that's it uh that was over the arizona desert mm-hmm. uh, and then obviously you've mentioned about racing a peregrine falcon as well so that was 250 miles per hour freefall. Uh, you completed your skydiving competitions, the fastest human-powered sport in the world, um, where top competitors can reach 600 kilometres per hour, which sounds amazingly fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speed skydiving is a niche sport within a very niche sport. But yeah, the um, I think the best I've done is about 278 miles an hour. But the uh, the top guys are breaking 300 miles an hour now. Yeah. Um, and then my last bit here, uh, you are a qualified mountaineering and climbing instructor. Yes. Um, so you've uh, covered UK, Canada, Pakistan, and you have done rock climbing and ice climbing as well. Yes. The ice climbing sounds, yeah, good fun. It is good fun. It is good fun. Depends on the ice, actually. It can be a bit dodgy sometimes, but, you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, over to you, Wertie. Thank you. Let's talk about diving. You started diving when you were 12 years old. Yeah, well, probably before, really, but yeah. Yeah, yeah OK. Um, you were diving when you were in the forces um, on commercial vessels and mm-hmm. you dived on sunken cities, in caves, um, deep wrecks and across unexplored reefs. Is that right? That's all correct. I mean, the cities are probably more towns than cities, but yeah. You have a long list of technical diving qualifications, including cave mixed gas classes, um, rebreather and free diving, as well as professional qualifications, um, i.e. the military and commercial diving and supervisory roles. Correct. Yeah. Your passion exploring whether the um, underwater cave systems, new species or shipwrecks, and especially in those areas difficult to reach, which may require you to combine elite diving knowledge with those other technical skills. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I do, yeah. I, I do like things when it's not just diving. So, if, you know, if we can find an excuse to trek through the jungle and abseil into big caves to then go diving, that's that's quite cool. That, dangling on ropes, I'm going diving. Great, great fun. <laughs> Action man stuff. <laughs> okay, so... For your first question, mm-hmm. who was it who got you into diving at 12 years old or a little bit earlier? Um, I don't really remember. No one in my family, no, no one in my family dives. But um, I, you know, I used to watch 
diving on the TV, uh, both the old David Amber stuff, uh, you know, like Life on Earth, but also things like The Man from Atlanta with Patrick Duffy and, um, you know, the old Jacques Cousteau stuff. And, yeah. you know, even, you know, going back to Action Man, I had Action Man, but also I had all the diving ones. There's like four or five different, like a blue wetsuit, a black wetsuit, an orange wetsuit, and a sort of old standard C.B. Gorman diver. I had all them. And, and I, I don't remember most of this. But my mom tells me that I used to love all the underwater stuff as a kid, like, you know, literally three, four, five years old. So I, I don't think anybody got me into it. I, I don't, I've no idea how I can have got into it because it was such a young age. But I started, I think I got my first mask and snorkel when I was about eight or nine. Um, and went kind of snorkeling on my own off the north coast, you know, Murray Firth up near Aberdeen, which means I was far harder as a kid than I am now. I wouldn't do that now. It's madness. It's freezing cold up there. But, um, and then we moved out of the countryside into Aberdeen when I was 12. I decided to join a local BZAC club. Um, again, I just went up there on my own. And uh, you couldn't dive back then to a 14. So... You could do a thing called that. I'd become a snorkeler member. So for two years, I was a snorkeler member and, and I had a paper round that paid for it all because it was like £7 a year membership and 50 pence a week uh, pool fees if you were a junior snorkeler. Yeah. And then I'd just get, because I, you know, I was like this kid that, you know, my, it wasn't like my parents went to the club and that sort of stuff. So I just was kind of almost adopted by the club and, and they would they gave me, uh, in my first wetsuit was a second-hand set of long johns, a second-hand uh, wetsuit jacket that didn't neither of them fit me properly I thought the top of the jacket was actually a, a female's jacket so you know at 12 years old it bulges in all the wrong places oh. so it just flushed like you know and then you're diving off you're diving in the north sea oh. so, so I go snorkeling with the club when they were doing a shore dive off like Cove Bay and Croon Bay and, and, and places like that um, and um, come out of the water every dive blue fingernails blue lips you know cyanosis and, and just crack on. As I say, if, if that was my first experience diving today as an adult, I'd be like, this is rubbish. I don't do this again. But <laughs> yeah. I, and then, and then I, I hit 14, and, and again, the, the fees didn't really go up. Um, I think making like, it was like £12 a year membership then, still 50 pence a week training fees. Um, so again, my paper round paid for that. Um, and I bought old second-hand bits of kit. Like again, and, well, and now I've learned that this can't be done, even though I know it can, but I had a and at a Poseidon second stage, a Scuba Pro second stage, and I think an Aqualung first stage, and just built my own set of rags out of that, and had an old Fenzy horse collar, um, you know, ABLJ. Um, my, my cylinder was on a backpack, so I strapped the cylinder basically to my back, like a, like a day sack, um, and yeah, just cracked on from there. And that was... That so was just for those newbies that are listening, just remind us what an ABLJ is. Okay, yeah. So um, an ABLJ is basically a life jacket that, so it's shape. It's a big horse collar, so it hangs around your neck. So it's like it's the same shape and size and sort of thing you'd put on, um, you know, in, in an airplane when you see the the um, the, yeah. the, the air stewards and that yeah. showing you that's it's that sort of shape and size, and you can inflate it and deflate it. But back then, you know, we didn't have octopuses. Actually, when I first started. Um, yeah. And you didn't have a direct feed into your your ABLG, which affected your BC. So you just a little, a little sort of half litre crack bottle, and you would the your, your your octopus. If you're if you ran out of gas, if you emptied your cylinder, the idea was to crack, put a little bit of oxygen into your 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 ABLG, your your, your BC, and then yeah. you, know, you breathe off your oral inflation. And one of the tests was to maintain neutral buoyancy at 10 metres 
whilst breathing out of your ABLJ. So you breathe, breathe, breathe out of it, and then exhale at the sea, and then put on, you know, just, just to, that was one of the tests you used to do, yeah. Yeah. Gemma, please do not do that in your own This is, this is, this is, there's a lot of things. how these things have moved on, haven't they? Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of things I, I did back then I would not do now. For example, dive in the North Sea with a bloody badly fitting wetsuit for a start. That's the part of the dog thing. Yeah. But then look at when you look at like the Jack Cousteau's and what have you, and what they had to get started with, you know, they had bare minimum stuff, didn't they? Oh, I think, I think, the exposure I, suits never kept them warm. I think Jacques, Jacques Cousteau did like, did like a, a 96 metre dive on the Britannic when he first found it, and he wore a wetsuit and a set of twins, and that was it. No, no BC, no ABLG, nothing like that. He literally just jumped the boat, sat like a brick, didn't and then swam stroke hauled himself back up the uh the shot line you know literally wetsuit two cylinders strapped to his back that was it that was it that's what he did in a mask just an achievement i think i think on air as well on air yeah bang it, bang it out crazy he must be off completely off his head to do yeah, that on air that yeah, that sort yeah, of thing yeah. you read some of the old accounts and a lot of his him and his team is like the aquanauts team you know, their their descriptions of what they saw are very, very, very different to each other because it you know, at a hundred odd meters <laughs> on air, you're doing well not to be dead, but you're gonna be knocked, you're gonna be absolutely knocked off your off your head. But uh, yeah. Oh brilliant. Uh, okay, so um when did you last die before the virus, um coronavirus all hit? Um the last dive I did was a free dive a couple of days down in Cornwall. With some friends of mine who run Aqua City Freedivers, uh, Georgie Miller and, and Dan Fearhoven. I was just looking at doing some advanced freediving stuff. And just before that, that was about a month or so before it hit. And then a few weeks before that, I was out in France doing sort of some recce for, for, for some exploration, cave diving exploration with uh, Chris Joe and Rich Stevenson um, yeah. down in this sort of Hero area of France near Marseille. There's still quite a lot of you know underwater cave systems there that haven't been explored properly. So, any more questions, anybody? No, I think that's it for me, I think. What we do, um, we have five questions. We ask every guest the same question. So we'll run through those, see what your answers are. Um, what dive location is on your wish list, bucket list for the future? Anyone. Yes, absolutely anything. That's my answer. Right now, <laughs> I think we're all in lockdown, quite frankly, because, yep. again, if people listen to this, to put some context into it, we're, we're all in lockdown now because of coronavirus. So right now, I'll take anything you're offering, anything at all. Choosers can't be choosers. <laughs> <laughs> no muddy puddle somewhere, that'll do. <laughs> OK, how about what is your favourite marine animal and why? Oh, that's... that's uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think... I I think things like cuttlefish and octopus are just infinitely interesting because they're so alien. I love grey seals in the UK. I've had such fun with them. Um, I'm very proud of the basking sharks we get in the UK as well. Uh, maybe right now because it's it's, it's a not too distance memory, but free diving with the, the mako sharks, you know, the fastest shark in the world off California, is is up there. It's one of my best wildlife encounters. Uh, yeah, it's a bit it's a bit of a hard one to um, to call. Really, they're all pretty fascinating. You know, you even want to go snorkeling, like little stuff, like you actually just sit and watch an anemone. It's amazing. It's amazing just because there's a real alien creature. So um, I don't know. There's 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 not one answer. Sorry. Uh, how 
about can you name three people past present or future you know maybe it's your child of some sort who you'd like to go diving with or snorkeling with um they don't have to be a diver yet but they could be any person of history or celebrity and why you'd like to go diving with them or snorkeling the first two are easy uh my my two sons who are currently three and five i think my first the oldest one uh, snorkeling for the first time last summer uh and it just blew his mind and, and it's one of those things that you forget because he's never opened his eyes underwater you know like see underwater so suddenly the first time in your life being able to see underwater is just mind-blowing yeah. yeah. So, yeah, if we fast forward, I'd like to go diving. I like to get them diving. I, I'm not going to, you know, if they, if they don't like diving, that's actually fine. I'm not going to force them to follow my footsteps, but I'd like to just show them in the water world and, and you know, take them take, take them diving. So, there, there's two, obviously, three and five are a bit young just yet. Um, and then, like, let's see, one interesting one from history. Uh, I think Jules Verne, actually. So, Jules, yeah. Verne, yeah. Jules Verne wrote uh, 80,000 Leagues Beneath the Sea. Um, uh, no, 80,000, 20,000. I'm going to brain melt down. Anyway, you know, he wrote some phenomenal science fiction and, and a lot of it's kind of come true. Uh, and when he wrote um, 20,000 Leagues Beneath the Sea, just, or 20,000 20, 20, 20, Leagues Beneath the Sea, um, you know, some of, some of, the, some of the, sort of the equipment that he spoke about never existed back in like, you know, when he wrote the book. But it does now. So he was kind of quite prophetic in that. It'd be great to, to sort of dress him up and go, right. And, and again, he'd never seen what was really under the water because he'd never died. No one had. But there's a few standard dives around, but that was it. But how he describes it is, you know, is pretty accurate. So to take him forward to now, stick a rebreather on him or even open circuit and take him diving and go, you know what, mate? You were right. You were right. Oh, bang on. Yeah. Yeah. Good choice. I like that. Um, fav- what is your favourite piece of dive equipment and why? Or fa- what is your favourite piece of kit? Well, my rebreather because it's my most expensive piece of kit. But actually, um, I get asked a lot, and I've got to say, as mundane as it sounds, my fourth element hood Ooh. because it just fits me perfectly. I, I, nothing ever fits me properly. Nothing ever fits me properly. I've had bespoke stuff made, but it doesn't fit me properly. But they didn't, but it's like they used my head as the mould. It's just the perfect fit. So it, it's why I can get away with wearing a five mil hood when most people are wearing sevens or, or eights because it just it fits so well. It's super comfortable as well. It just it's just it's just millimeter perfect. So yeah, I think my my, my fourth element hood is five mil hood is my favourite bit of dive kit. That's uh-huh. what I said about my wetsuit. It just fits perfectly. It's yeah. like my my mould. No, it's not. I, I, it's yeah. I don't. I'm, I'm a bit funny shape, so I, I I do struggle to get wet suits and dry suits to fit me perfectly. Well, it's okay, but not not perfectly. Even ones that kind of made to measure are never quite quite right because I'm a very strange shape. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Be <Okay>. body confident. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I like it. It's fine. Um, who would you like to see as a guest on our podcast and why? Um, me again, because it's been good fun. Uh, <laughs> ask me again, like once we've got the thing ban lifted, and I can actually speak to you about going diving as opposed to maybe going diving. Um, God, I mean, like Dan Verhoeven is one. If you want, sort of, he's easily a he's a free diver, but again, different perspective because he's a he's a free diver, an amazing filmmaker, and really nice guy. Uh, Rich Stevenson, who's an underwater cameraman, and uh, you know, probably my main dive buddy. As a perspective, he's he's shot on Bond, he's shot in feature films, he's stuff like Sherlock. He's just a massive amount of natural history stuff with manta rays and whales and sharks. Um, he shoots deep, he shot Botanic, you know, deep wrecks, cave diving stuff. So he's got a, he's got a full full gamut as rich. Um, he'd be an interesting guy to go on. Cave diving point of view, Chris Joe, he's my main cave diving buddy. You know, Chris is one of the sort of big names in British cave diving, and again, a thoroughly nice 
chap and is obviously working from home right now, so he'll have time on his hands. So, um, Richie Kohler, if you want to go out to the UK, Richie Kohler, who's a, who's a big wreck diver, who I dive Britannic with, he's got a great, phenomenal depth of knowledge for, on, uh, on, on wrecks, shipwrecks and shipwreck diving, technical shipwreck diving around the world. Um, yeah, so those are those, are, and then you know, like uh, again, one of the, another a completely different perspective would be from within the diving industry. So that there's companies that I work work with quite closely, like Fourth Element and Sunto in the UK, and, and the people who run that, like Jim and Jim and Strikey from Fourth Element and Ryan from Sunto, they've they're not only not only divers themselves, but you know, they bring a perspective that that most of us don't have, including myself, which is from the kind of industry point of view, and 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 you know, and the problems and challenges that we face keeping diving going not only yeah. the moment but in general and you know and keeping people engaged with it um and that sort of thing so yeah there's there's some ideas monty get monty, monty on yeah yeah oh, lad steve but actually you know you know he's he's they're both they'll both be interesting guys to to, to, to chat with that's brilliant well thank you very much thanks for you know um you know for giving us some time to go through the interview and, and that with you do you have any questions for us or anything like that um not really just just let, let me know when it's when it's going to be out and I'll, I'll help plug away that's been really good it's been fascinating hearing about your diving and stuff no worries yeah it's really yeah. inspiring yeah thank you oh. not at all not at all <laughs> nice, nice to talk about diving since we can't actually do any of the real thing at the moment so uh you know is this the longest period of time you've gone without a dive? Mm, no. I mean, last year, um, because of Bond, it kind of took over my life. So I think uh, I probably went about three or four months last year towards the end. When Once we stopped, stopped doing the – between the sort of second last underwater bit and the last underwater bit, there was a period of about three or – about six months, actually – um wow. but but I, I was diving i dived for a little bit between there and doing some stuff for the bbc and also some cave diving stuff but i then went to, well, i was out in italy for two months and then came back to pinewood and so actually maybe, maybe only three months was the, was the longest single period between dives but i didn't do a huge i did a lot of free diving last year but not a huge amount of anything else a bit of cave diving yeah and, I, and then that was probably about it you know that's because it was you know but, i mean they just kept asking me back and obviously you're going to keep saying yes aren't you yeah <laughs> do some more work as a stuntman on bond yes i do so uh yeah let me just check my diary oh yes i'm free yeah. Yeah. let me just let me just yeah i'm free thank you very much cool no worries guys well we'll uh we'll hear from you later and we'll hopefully see you again and uh, let's let's be optimistic and say we're, we're back to diving by the middle of may yes probably not but let's say so i'll probably you know hopefully get back on the podcast in kind of September time. That'd be brilliant. Okay, cool. No worries. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you so for much. your time. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Okay, so that was a really interesting um, interview with Andy. Uh, thank you so much for coming to visit us, even though yeah. it was Cheers, remotely. Andy. That's really good. Thank you very much. Well yeah. done. Thank you. Um, and Andy will be returning in future episodes um, to continue his discussions on cave exploring, tech diving, and the, the great dive on the Britannic as well, which um, we're looking forward to hearing. So thanks, Andy, and we look forward to seeing you and hearing from you again. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you.